one of Daisy Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Friday, February 17th, even though you will not be hearing this episode until whatever a week from That's now math. is. That's math. That's <laughs> math. Why did you do that without a calendar in front of you? <laughs> I was like, uh, next week, Thursday, yes, next, whatever next that date Thursday. is. Yes. <laughs> The 23rd, I think. I think we're, that's the 23rd. We're talking to you from the past. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, we, we're recording this a little early because um, we, we are both very tired and want to make sure this episode goes up next Thursday because we are going to talk about Star Trek Picard, episodes one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to the first two episodes of season three of Picard, we are going to talk about a little bit of news that came out. So we're gonna our, our news is gonna be a week behind, but I yeah. think that's okay because we're I think that's excited fine. about this stuff. We're very um, we're we're that, that's how we roll. That is how we roll, fast and loose. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so this is actually not new news, but I'm excited about it because I looked up the release date. I think it was it's announced like in January, and I was like, April's so far away. But now it's. Or no, I think it was announced in like December because I was like, oh, April's like six months away. But now I can talk about very being very excited that the Horizon Forbidden West DLC is coming out in April. It's called The Burning Shores and it's going to take us to LA. I'm really, really excited. I'm really hoping we get to like jump around the Hollywood sign uh, in <laughs> like in the sh- in the in the game. Um, but I'm just very excited about it. No like real like coherent thoughts or anything but i just wanted to talk about when april comes around and we talk about what we're doing that is what i will be doing (laughs) it's it's funny like we i think we talked about the like planning of video game playing over the next Mm -hmm. several months and of course i had my whole plan that was like set because jedi survive jedi jedi fallen order survivor jedi survivor um, was supposed to come out in March and it's been pushed to April 28th, which is a hundred percent fine because like take the time. Um, but now I have this like blank video game slate where I have nothing really to play. Um, yeah. And I, and now my like April, May is going to be real tight because of tears yeah. of the kingdom. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting mm-hmm. time then because I think the new Jedi date is like 10 days before Tears of the Kingdom. And I'm skipping ahead now because I brought up Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> and the other bit of news uh, or a other bit of news, another whatever, is the Tears of the Kingdom like big trailer that dropped during the Nintendo mm-hmm. Direct. Um, Supposedly it's very good. Screen. I will add, I have not watched it. Preeti and I were just talking about this. I kind of want to go in without any visuals of the of the um, game I just kind of want to go in um so I have not watched it but it is very good it is it's really strong it's interesting because I think there's it's Zelda so there's so much sort of analyzing and where could that what could this mean and where could this fit and what you know it's it's bringing presumably Ganon back for right exactly and like the traditional structure this is what my has been my question about this game like the traditional structure of a Zelda game is your link. You have to go rescue Zelda who is being held by Ganon. That's like, but how? In some, are- in some, that's the key. My, so okay. my sister is a huge, 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 huge Zelda nerd. Like far beyond, I think, what you and I are, which we were talking about earlier. Yes. Um, and she mentioned this fact to me that I was like, that can't be right. But it is right. And it's like Gan- Ganondorf, not yeah, just Ganondorf, like Demise yeah. or these other iterations of him. But Ganondorf, I believe, has not been in a Zelda game mm-hmm. since 
um, Twilight Princess, mm-hmm. which was the Wii launch game oh, in wow, like 2006. Really? There have been other – because since then we've had for, – for these like timeline purposes, there's um, Skyward Sword, which was like Demise and Zant. And, or maybe that was the last one that Ganondorf mm-hmm. was in. But Twilight Princess – I mean um, – How is Ganon – wait, wait. Okay, tell me how – how is Ganon and Ganondorf? It's like so complicated. <laughs> Like, I am like a casual Zelda fan. I've played Ocarina. I've played Wind Waker. I've played some of the big ones. But like, if I have the system, I play it. But having never really been a Nintendo kid, like the last Nintendo I owned was the original, I think. What? Yeah, the NES. I did have an SNES. Wait, so you uh, didn't my, play? My cousins has an N64. So that's how I played. Ocarina. I borrowed it and played Ocarina. Uh, I've never had one of the handheld systems. I had a Game Boy, original Game Boy. And like a GameCube and X had one. So I, that's how I played. And then I never, I had a Wii. Okay. So I had, and then I have so a Wii. Did but I don't Princess. think. No, I never played <gasps> Zelda on Twilight, the Wii. Twilight Princess is one of the best Zelda games. So that's games. what I'm saying. Like, I like Zelda a lot, but, like, just have not played a lot well, of them. It's it's complicated because the timeline is complicated. Like, if you okay. look at, I feel like it was a few five six seven years ago nintendo put out a quote-unquote unofficial like official zelda timeline and it's like Mm -hmm. wild there's like offshoots from like where link went back to being a kid from majora's mask and like then there's like twilight princess then there's wait wait timeline as in not as in link is living one life and doing all these things but just the timeline of where the games is it like the idea is it's the same story of it's like are they all in the is there a zelda shared universe like they are they all the same sort of I'm sort so of, confused. Sort of. Sort wait, of. Kind of. Wait. Okay. Kind so is it all they're like iterations? They're, all, they're like incarnates, yeah. but they're like, all faded in that. Uh, like. Okay. 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 I'm gonna find this sheet and we'll link to it. Yes. It's wild. And like I said, like my sister is the real fan. I like a, a step above Swapna, maybe in terms yeah. of like this. Stuff. Oh no, you're you're definitely like a like a solid fan. Like yes. I go to you for my Zelda knowledge. Like I, like, I, I, I am, am casual. Not clear. It's it's all like so a little bit of mishmash. But what it feels like based on this trailer is that they're possibly bringing in iconography and symbolism from like Twilight Princess or from okay. you know these other games, implying potential connections. Mm-hmm. Possibly again. Okay. Um, because there is like a loosey goosey kind of timeline, sort yeah. of. So that is very interesting to see. Sort of like you have Skyward Sword all the way at the back, like all the way, like supposedly Which, like where that that where the hero and the princess originated, and okay. then Breath of the Wild is like far, 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 far in the future from that. Point. Yeah, because Hyrule is like in decay or whatever, yes. like. Um, like tens of thousands of years yeah so it's all interesting but i'm dying to know like how they're gonna pull things in like my my sister showed me like if you look at what that like corpse looking potentially ganondorf thing is wearing it looks very similar to what ganondorf in twilight princess is wearing when he's killed it's there are all these conspiracy theories okay, that I'm when, like obsessed when, after with. After we play this game, you and I finish it, which like God knows will take a year uh, for both of us. Uh, but uh, <laughs> like after we ca- like, I would love to like do like a deep dive into it. Like, yeah, we're gonna um, have to make my sister come on. Yeah, I was gonna can, say if, if she, she wants can to come discuss on, it. Yeah, basically <laughs> teach me because I, I I can't talk. I can't. 
I can ask a lot of intelligent questions, but I like don't know enough about the lore to like really. She will. It's so funny if you follow her on um, Twitter or on Spoutable. Um, I think Hero's thing is Hero C potentially or Hero underscore Chipper. Um, she is like literally screen capping the trailer and being like, "Could it be this? Could it? Oh be my god! This? It's awesome because you're like, why? Maybe, she used to pitch that is. as an article. Oh my god! <laughs> um, um, but yeah, okay, super cool. excited. And then two other things: the Mandalorian dropped a like 45 second clip of Mando teaser. Yep, yeah, it's Mando talking to grief, um, grief Karga. Yeah, thank you. Literally just said his name and I already forgot it. But talking to Grief, where, like, Grief is basically asking what the deal is. Because mm-hmm. the last time he saw Mando, the whole thing was to get Grogu back to wherever Grogu was supposed to be, which is with the Jedi. I did see a thing which I did not consider for people who, like, didn't see the uh, Boba Fett. Yeah, people are going to be real confused. Just, What? Yeah, yeah, I like didn't, mm-hmm. and this comes back to our conversation, which we always have about Star Wars, which is you should how much engage with every piece of it to understand what's going on in the main stories. Exactly, which this feels particularly like. Mm-hmm. Come on, you can't yeah. have like significant. You can't. You, I'm sure they're going to find a way to reference it in some way. But it's such a big like. It's not like oh. You know, grief cargo who wasn't with them is now with them. This is like man. This is like the entire storyline of the first two seasons just being turned on its head. Yeah, because it got wrapped up in Boba Fett. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Um, that said, it starts like March third, sometime very yeah. soon. Yeah, two weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. just like, oh, I don't very have excited. the. Oh god, I mean, I'm very excited, but I'm also like, why does it have to overlap with Picard? I know it makes everything so hard. This is like I when know. we were trying to do like um. Was it? It was like Obi Wan and Ms. Marvel at the same yeah. time, right? Yeah. Um, God, like buds. It's come just, on, come on, stop, stop it. Make it easier. For Other me. months exist. <laughs> uh, the very last piece of news before we get to Picard is I saw that they're doing a How to Train Your Dragon live action, but with the guy who um, directed and produced the original animated trilogy, mm-hmm. which makes me feel much better about it. Because I feel like those are some of, if you haven't seen the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy, it's incredible. It's It's so so good. good. It is like heartfelt and just so thoughtful in how it presents things. And like it's funny and fun to watch. And the music is unbelievably good. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. for a DreamWorks animated series. (laughs) Yep. And it's not just like I know like animated they're like kids movies blah blah the third movie is not a kids movie like it's one of those series that grows up with you so if you were at the right age to watch the first one then the second one's a little more mature and the third one is like really like poignant and moving and I just think that it's uh, really well they're they're really well done so good they're all so good Um, so I am looking forward to that there's also this incredible uh, promo they did for the second one, I believe, when Kit Harrington joined the cast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of him like auditioning live action for How to Train Your Dragon, and they like CGI toothless into the audition. I, I remember you said that. Maybe. It's, it's so me, yeah. funny. Like it's so good. I was like, yes, this is what we want. Go to town. <laughs> um, and I think that's all the news. So yeah. Oh, I mean, there was a Marvel's poster oh, that came right. out today. We um, forgot to mention. Really cool poster. No 
looking forward to the show or the movie. Sorry. The movie, yeah. Sorry, there's been a lot of discussion about Marvel shows recently and how they're basically going to start spacing them out a little, which I think is really smart because, yes. oh my God. Uh, but so I was, but yeah, I'm really excited about the, that movie. No, the trailer looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Not trailer, the poster looks amazing. Yeah. And it's November, excited. I think. Yes, November. Um, it's funny, I feel like we've both been like not super into the Marvel movies lately, although mm, I did finally yeah. watch Black Panther and it was What'd you think? Awesome. Oh good, good, good. Like uh, Tenet we'll get there at some point. Yeah. We'll get there. Tenet as na- like Namor made me even more excited about a potential Fantastic Four movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. however they choose to introduce oh it. speaking of fantastic four <gasps> oh, that's right. a rumor we should talk about right uh the rumor that dave patel might be <gasps> up for the role of mr fantastic which yes. is perfect casting yes, good perfect <laughs> yes perfect <good. laughs> i probably blew out my pop filter on that one because i got so <laughs> close to the mic and just said perfect but because it is perfect anyway uh, yeah, fingers that crossed. Was, I it's would love that. Like very much a rumor, but like fingers crossed. Yeah, it's very much is... a rumor. I think with like no, no, no like, foundation whatsoever. <laughs> but like it's just perfect casting. So like I would be very happy. Hundred percent. Um. All right. Should we get into these Picard yes. episodes? Let's talk about Star Trek Picard. Okay. So we're gonna go straight into spoilers. So uh, this is your spoiler warning. If you have not watched episodes one and two, we're talking about both. Uh, episode one is the Next Generation. Episode two is Disengaged. <laughs> um. Okay. So, what do you think? I mean, I I really loved it. It's so funny because watching this, I think you picked good episodes for us to watch. Yeah. Um. You've been very spot on with the ones that you have pulled together just based on like teases and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, you know, that first episode kicks off and it's Beverly like in the throes of some horrible thing that is happening on this like dark, dank ship she's on where Mm -hmm. she's being attacked by two aliens. And I was like, she is just like, exterminate. Mm-hmm. And she, like, he texted me at those. one point <laughs> and we're did. like, oh God, is this our Beverly or is this some sort of like imposter? I was like, no, 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 because I haven't been spoiling anything for you because I've seen the first six episodes. I haven't been spoiling anything for you. I was like, but this I will tell you, like, do not worry. Like our people are all, as far as I know, our people are all our people. Like, I don't want people to go in with that anxiety because it is like, it's really good, but it does feel a lot like the thing I've been comparing the season two is first contact because you have a lot of that camaraderie, a lot of that love, a lot of that like nostalgia and heart, but also there is like real peril and there's real anxiety. Yeah. Like, yeah, for real. Yeah. It was stressful. It was a stressful mm-hmm. beginning. Cause it just mm-hmm. goes right into it. Yeah. Um, but I very much overall really enjoy, I feel like they're, when they're good at the thing that they're doing, like when they are on point, they are like beyond on point, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, fantastic tv um yeah. and there was a lot of that in these first two episodes yeah i agree i agree there's some things and we'll get to we'll probably get to them at some point where i was just like eh, this is dragging a little bit uh but there's also good reasons for that so um 
Okay, so I um so yeah, it opens with on it opens on Beverly's ship, and it is like very clear. Oh, this is not the doctor that this is not like the fun dancing doctor from the Enterprise. She's got nope. a phaser rifle. She is depend defending herself. She's got some sort of off screen companion we never see, and she's yeah. like really badly wounded in a shootout. It's like somebody is hunting them. We don't know who. She's really badly wounded in a shootout and manages to get out a coded message to Admiral Picard. Can I before can I just say? That- though yes. her hair looks amazing yes i love <laughs> like the those, gray like, streak <laughs> and the gray streak and yeah, then kind of looks, browner she looks hair fantastic she looks so good everybody everybody looks Everyone so looks good. good like god like oh my god um so she gets out a coded message to admiral picard and um then we go to Admiral Picard, who is in his mm-hmm. chateau with Laris. I really love the dynamic between them, Laris and Picard, um, because there it is very familiar, very loving, very affectionate. But you can also you also feel like like Laris knows mm-hmm. this is the end. It feels like like she there is like a there's a feeling, especially after Picard gets Beverly's message um, and she hears it and ex- helps Picard like decode it. She also like. It feels like she's saying goodbye. Was I wrong about that? I I don't know. I felt a little it felt a little strange in terms of like she the way she asked questions about Beverly and how disconnected mm-hmm. Beverly was from yeah. Laris's understanding of Picard mm-hmm. felt odd. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming it's supposed to feel odd, obviously, because he's like, we haven't spoken in 20 yeah. years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but she knows the rest of them. Like, But she knows she, the rest of them. They name check, like, Riker LaForge yeah. in the first episode. Like, she knows the rest of them, it feels like. So it felt but, a little, like, pointed in a way that I didn't – I still don't know that I fully understand the reasoning okay. behind it, even having seen the two episodes – because it's I like, think it's just he hasn't talked about her. But she's so in, important. But that's I think like killing me about it. Yeah, I think and I think that's what it is. And I think that that is why I had you watch Attached. I had a feeling there was a reason she hadn't been mentioned in the first two seasons where they have either mentioned or we have seen every single other legacy yeah. character. Um we have not mentioned her, and I think it's because it's super painful. I think he he doesn't talk about her because um it'll it'll there will be the conversation you want them to have is coming um i will say that i'm not going to say anything else uh and i think it'll stuff will become clear but yeah it is i think very painful for him i i do wish i got that sense after afterwards in mm-hmm. in the second episodes you kind of get that sense i do wish i'd gotten a little bit more of that mm-hmm. in that beat with laris because then yeah. i agree like i feel like it would have felt more like sort of like more understanding of where her melancholy was coming from yeah because he says you know i i say that joke of like bilbo running through the thing like i'm going on an adventure yeah like that's picard is like i i'm he says to her i am not a man who needs a legacy I want to go on an adventure. I want to keep going. I want to keep having these exciting things. And she sort of has this like very like melancholy response to that. But I think that response would make more sense tied together with like this idea that he's like as per sort of usual for Picard running away Mm -hmm. from the feeling Mm -hmm. of the thing that has hurt him. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 
Um, I, I think my view of it is, um, basically she, he is not being emotionally honest with her and she knows it. That's kind of the way I read it. Like she feels like it's an ending because like he is still hung up on all of this, all Mm -hmm. of the stuff that happened. He will not. Like he jokes about it. Ha ha. The operative word is tried. Ha ha ha. Which is really nice news that they tried, actually tried to have a relationship. That was really welcome news. And we didn't know that. But the fact that they tried to have a relationship and then she just cut off all contact for like 20 years, that's super painful for him, especially given their history. I went into this at like ad nauseum in a season two episode with like the Jack Crusher stuff, you know, all of that. And it's just like, he is not being honest with her. He's Mm -hmm. not being honest with himself. He may be being honest with himself. I'm not sure. Some of the looks on his faces. Yes. It's looks on his face, not faces. Um, (laughs) Like, like you can tell, like, he's really feeling this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it is interesting, but it did feel, it definitely felt like the the end of one journey and the beginning of another. There was emotional dishonesty there is all I will say. Like, just just between the two of them. Like, I did like that, though, because uh, I I personally like that because it is is in keeping with Picard's personality that he does not deal with his trauma. 100%. That, so yeah. uh, Holy, he's, yes. he's arrogant. He does not deal with his trauma, and this is in keeping with his personality. Like, um, he he basically relied on. He's not in, engaged. He's not in, engaged. Haha. He's not engaged with his emotions. He Troy. Part of the reason he relied on Troy so much mm-hmm. is she's the one who told him what to feel. Like, you know, yeah. And that's so, what and it is. It, he was just very disconnected, and I think that was honest to the character. Yes. You know what it is? It's mm-hmm. that I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think fully everything that Picard did makes sense. What I wanted was Laris sort of pushing back a little bit. Pushing more. him. Not being I, quite so yeah. accepting. I agree. I is. agree with that because it's her personality to do that. But at the same time, she's also a person who recognizes yeah. when she needs to move on from a thing. And I think she sees it. She's just like, you have to go do this thing. And I don't know if you're going to, I don't think you're going to come back. And mm-hmm. I have to be okay with that. And like, I just, yeah, I agree with that. Um. All right. So he gets this message from Beverly. Yeah. <laughs> On like a 20 year old com link. Which was just whatever. a very cool moment when he like pulls, opens the case, yeah. pulls the com badge, pulls, it was just like, Seeing that was so cool. And then um he goes to see Will. This I'm sorry, this scene amazing. was so good. It's so, so good. good. His little like newsy cap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like we both made the same newsy cap joke because Preeti literally like tweeted a like, it looks like he's the king of New York. <laughs> like in my, I recapped this episode on Vulture and literally the recap I was like, Will looks like Jonathan Frakes looks amazing. Patrick Stewart looks like he's a newsy. <laughs> um, well, I mean, and Patrick Stewart looks amazing in this season. Just in that scene, I'm I'm not sure what was going on with the that hat. cap. It's it's I'm convinced it's a throwback to that giant hat he wore as a child. Like, oh my god, fully fully believe it's a throwback to be like, no, Picard not only consistent in avoiding his trauma, consistent consistent in his choice of like absurd hats. Yeah, agreed, <laughs> agreed. Um, so, and I loved the, like, the, the, uh, conversation with the bartender and yeah. with a sense of humor. It was all really good. Um, Very funny. The, the, uh, the, like, 
the implication that there's problems between him and Deanna was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think it would be better if Deanna and Kestra, like, they, they could use some time away from me. And, like, it is very, like, very, like, two men for Picard to be like, all right, anyway. <laughs> like, like, just very, like, oh, of course you're just going to gloss over that one. Like, my wife may have left me. Okay, but on to the mission. <laughs> like, it's so in keeping with these characters. I loved it. Uh, um, and the like breakdown we get a lot of exposition here like not only did Beverly cut off contact with Jean-Luc she hasn't talked to anybody on the Enterprise Mm -hmm. crew in 20 years which is like huge that's such a big deal Um, and then Will has an idea of where they can get a ship and they end up uh, so there's something called Frontier Day coming up which is basically like Federate, it's like a feder, a huge like just celebration of like Starfleet yeah. and the Federation, um, and so they're like, oh well, we can go and basically take a ship and pretend like we're doing surprise inspections in advance of Frontier Day or whatever, and it's uh, the it's Will's old ship, the Titan. Well, wait, 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 it- hold on, hold on, because in the bar, I wanted to ask you about this. Yes, somebody's watching them. Yeah. But we don't know who that is. We don't know who that is. Like, we that's will not just, find out yet. Right? So there's this guy. The, I, the idea is that when Bev was like, don't trust anyone, don't trust Starfleet, don't trust anybody, yeah. like, even now they're being watched already. Yeah. So, like, somebody, some man is, like, watching them and making it point to notice what they're doing. Yeah. Um, it's the only reference to that specific person, I think, over the mm-hmm. two episodes. We don't see him again. We don't know who he's working with or anything, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yes, exactly. then yeah. they're in the shuttle approaching Titan. The Titan. And uh, they dock, and the first officer is none other than Commander Seven of Nine. Mm-hmm. We get a very interesting and uh, not the best introduction to the captain, Captain Liam Shaw, um, because we find out he's basically dead naming seven. He's insisting she yeah. use her uh, human given name that she, you know, versus seven of nine, which is the identity she is comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of a lot of actually uh, trans people who see the ex Borg. I think we talked about this during season one, but who see the ex Borg transition from ex Borg back to human as like a metaphor for like transitioning. Mm-hmm. And I think this, there have I think Seven has been used. I'm so glad they introduced her in this series, and she's gotten some really really poignant moments commenting on the Borg with like Picard as an ex Borg. Yeah. But I think generally they haven't really known what to do with her. And I think this season Terry is seems fine. Like, like yeah, it seems like they like right off the bat she comes in strong and she has a point of view and mm-hmm. she is really good. Like Jerry Ryan, I mean Jerry Ryan is always amazing. She's an incredible actress, even given material that should be better than what she's given <laughs> yeah, but yeah. <laughs> i don't want to say it's bad because it's not necessarily bad it's just like sometimes they don't quite know what to, haven't quite known what to do with her they don't utilize her as best as well as, as they as could she, and yeah. like from the bat she's utilized really well but so the two things we learn about captain shaw is basically he is dead naming seven which is like what the like what the fuck? yeah <laughs> and then um that he, uh, she basically tells him, lower your expectations. <laughs> yeah, she tells uh, Riker and Picard to lower their expectations because mm-hmm. he is not there to greet them. He is, you know, they're supposedly doing this pretend doing something. inspection and the captain has not deemed it worth his time to show up. He's, he's yeah. doing some other things. 
Um, yeah. So we haven't met him yet. We yes. Have, we are getting, we are gleaming that he's kind of a douche. Yes. Um, which is interesting. He's, we'll get to like, we'll more, get to him. I we think. go straight yeah, to the yeah, bridge yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, there's one ensign at the it's con cute. who it's is so like smiling so hard at Picard and Riker and super cute. And Picard like is like, what's wrong with that, that one? That was very funny. That was hilarious. And she's like Ensign LaForge. And so we learned this is Sydney LaForge. Um uh Jordy's daughters, uh mm-hmm. one of Jordy's daughters, and she's the helmsman, and there's like a kind of thing where she didn't follow her. Really played by LeVar no, Burton. no, no. That's no, Alondra. No. Oh, that's a that's different the other, His other daughter okay, will okay. be who we'll see later is played by Micah Burton. Uh, okay. Uh, LeVar's daughter. But uh, yeah, this is, and she is, um, she's really good. And yeah, there's like, there's cute. like a, yeah, she's super cute. And like Riker tells a little story and embarrasses her about Crash <laughs> LaForge, which is just very cute. Like you can, this is one thing I texted you and I feel really strongly that this show is fun because it is clearly a lot of people uh, who really enjoy each other's company and are mm-hmm. having a good time on the yes. set and being around each other and reprising these characters, they're all having a good time. And that comes through so much. Like all of just the like little, like the banter, the like, just the way they enjoy being in each other's company. And it's so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Agreed. They just seem like they're having a good time. Yeah. Um. And then like when like Picard leans over, you texted me about this, when Picard leans over to seven and is like, shouldn't we like tell engineering we're gonna go to warp and she's like we don't have to do that anymore like that's old technology and he and it, like he says something i can't he even says, remember he says something where he goes oh yeah you're you'll definitely be a captain one day and Riker is like nice recovery yeah and then it was she's like shut it will like shut up, will. so funny oh so then they go to meet captain shaw who they're supposed to have dinner with and he's already eating yeah i did love this line because he's already eating dinner and so picard is like are we late and he goes no i figured i'd get started by your when your reputations came in so far ahead of you yes that's a good line (laughs) yeah no and like the thing is he is absolutely a dick and you can tell but like there are some jabs he makes uh that make me think like the fact that he like specifically calls picard an ex-borg um which only somebody with a chip on their shoulder about picard being an Mm ex-borg would point that out it's it's interesting because he does come off as extremely hostile in the first episode. But in the second, you sort of, not to rush ahead, but you do get yeah. a, a stronger understanding of his, it feels like, based on the second episode, his source of irritation is not necessarily that, but that he is a stickler for rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. And they, because he makes several in the first and second episodes, pointed remarks about how they go off the cuff They get to do all these things. He's read about them, their exploits. Mm -hmm. And every time they've broken Federation rules and like tried to fight instead of like stay the course, et cetera. So it was a little confusing in terms of what his motivation for anger was. Because at first I agree with you. I was like, oh, there's some like real deep seated stuff there. Well, the only thing I'll say is he said like your loyalties to this ship, not to an ex-Borg, which I was like. Okay, yeah. there's something there. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And then later in this episode two, Vadic says something like, I'm surprised to see you like 
upright or in one piece yeah, after yeah, 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 form- the, so there's yeah like like so there's there's a story with him that we don't know yet yes. basically and it's like it's it, there's enough hints to where i am intrigued rather than repulsed because agreed he is very off-putting in a lot of ways but todd stashwick is also a great actor he's so good he's, he's so in, like, funny his so comedic funny. timing is so good he has a, del- a way of delivery, and I know him from like Justified and Teen Wolf and mm-hmm. and Heroes. So he's long been able to play this character. These characters, I think, that you that make decisions you might find reprehensible. Yeah, but you are interested in learning more about and getting to the depth of it. That's exactly how I feel about him. Like, and we'll get to it when we talk about episode two a little more, but he makes these decisions, but you can see where he's coming from. Yeah. Yes. Um, Okay. But so he, they basically, and to be fair, Picard's plan is so bad. Oh my God. I was like, this is your plan? It was wild. It was wild. So that like, uh, yeah. mm, Okay. So (laughs) they have, he basically at dinner, Picard is like, and and Riker are like, let's change course, mm-hmm. go to this other thing that's at the mm-hmm. end of Federation space in the opposite direction of where you're going. And Riker frames it as like, for Frontier Day, it'll show like how great these ships are and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. It was very like, it was very weak. It was very and then, bad. like, to the point where Picard like says they'll stop at the wrong, like, like D space, like D- four or something whatever. like that. Whatever. Yeah. And seven has to like step in and be like i'm sure you meant 11 yeah. right and it's like yeah i was like one how, how, have you how are you this bad before like yeah. what are you doing and second yeah what is this plan yeah feels like a million so bad. ways you could have done this yeah and like that's why i was like i don't blame like i don't no. blame uh like, no, for being like that. no like no when he says he's like i have bosses who are above both our pay grades because you're a retired admiral and you are not a sitting captain yeah fair which was interesting sorry like we're a little random but the sitting captain thing was really interesting because it shows that starfleet says have some sort of reserve system yeah like to have a captain without a starship which would make sense given like they've been and then wars and stuff like that they need this reserve system but like i just thought that was interesting you can be an active captain in starfleet and not have a ship yeah because what if they need to call you in yes exactly um so uh basically no (laughs) yeah he says no and then sends picard and Riker to their room room being singular being the operative word bunk beds they're like this is so embarrassing (laughs) <laughs> that was so funny. Um, very reminiscent of the uh, of unification part one um, when Picard and Data have to share a room in uh, like in on the Klingon ship. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and then so basically, Seven calls him to the bridge and is like, "All right, you guys need to level with me." what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, basically, she's like, and she's angry. Yeah. Like, she's angry because she's like, you're my friend and you're lying to me and I need to know what it is that you know that I don't know. Well, she's angry about that and she's also angry because she joined Starfleet, she says, at the sort of recommendation of Picard and Janeway. Yeah. And said that, like, you guys basically told me this is somewhere I could find my place. And mm-hmm. as we've seen, she's extremely uncomfortable. She hates following orders from someone she does not respect yep. and does not think is a good leader 
And mm-hmm. she, th- I thought it was a really interesting line where she's like, how do you ignore your gut or your instinct when someone is telling you to do something you disagree with? And Picard is like, let me know when you figure it out. Yes. <laughs> it, it takes me back. A lot of a lot of stuff from these first two episodes actually took me back to the movie Star Trek Generations, which on the whole is like a middling movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, one thing that Kirk says to Picard is risk is part of the game if you want to sit in that chair mm. and that that's what I kept thinking about during the conversations with Shaw when he was like you guys are rule breakers and this yeah and then it's just he was just like because Picard tells her tell me if you figure out how to ignore your instinct in favor of following orders because I never did right no um, that makes sense and so um so she, we find out then he, they confide in her, tell her what's going on, and we find out that she has actually ordered them to the edge of Federation space. Yep. So they're within a, th- a stone store because the problem is Beverly, the coordinates that Beverly sent are not in Federation space; they're right outside Federation space in a nebula. So Seven has basically taken them as far as she can, and then uh, has a plan to like distract a shuttle guard and get them onto a shuttle. Mm-hmm. So that's what they do, and Shaw wakes up. As the as Picard and Riker are like breaking out, breaking away on the shuttle, so now the Titan is sitting there on the edge of the Federation space, basically be, being able to see what's going on, but not involved in yeah. uh, what's going on. And they uh, so Picard and Riker in, have an amazing exchange about yes. like 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 Will's knees hurt, Picard's hands are shaking. Like really they're excited really good. to be back in it, but they're not mm-hmm. going to admit it. But they are, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, they are. Well, listen, just at one point, Picard says, "Will, are you enjoying?" Yeah, this? and he's like, "No, yeah. of course not." <laughs> yeah, um, it was so good. But they get over to the uh, the Ilios uh, Elios Elios. Yeah, I was gonna say Ineos, but that's like the 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 British cycling team, and that's that's not right. <laughs> um yeah sorry <laughs> have to bring men cycling up if i can um the the but they get over to the ship and see basically the evidence of beverly's shootouts and yeah. it's like what was going on they find like the remains of like a vaporized enemy they're like have you seen remain i've never seen remains like this like there's a lot and then picard goes and finds bev who's in a stasis pod um and she's clearly very wounded her life signs are lo- like they need to get her medical attention yeah and uh, Riker's taken hostage by the other person on the ship, a young man who looks very, very like, oh my God. So uh, we, uh, a young man who, um, is it this episode we find out his name? Yeah. yeah. He says, I'm, he says, I'm Jack Crusher. Jack She's Crusher my mother. So we know I've talked about Jack Crusher ad nauseum, but like, I actually will link to that episode because I think that discussion is like a little bit of, it's good background for Mm -hmm. the name the relationship so i think i'll I'll track that episode down and we'll link to it uh um if you want to hear if you didn't hear the discussion my whole like spiel about like the long connection between the two of them uh, bev and jean-luc so now the three of them are on the ship and uh the shrike the uh the enemy ship the huge like intimidating enemy ship finds them and then that's where their storyline ends for this episode. Yeah. Um, but we, we yeah, have to we haven't go back. About, like, we haven't talked about Rafi yet. This is the part that dragged for me a bit. This dragged so much like, for me. And like, I think, to be fair, I think Michelle Hurd is really good. I don't yes, think it's her fault. I don't even fault. think it's the writing. I think it's the fact that when you're waiting for the band to get back together, watching anything that is not the band getting back together feels very slow. It also... F- it, 
again, I agree with you. I don't necessarily think it's like the writing, the writing, because obviously there is a plan for this. Obviously, this is going somewhere. And we find Um, out in the second episode, of course, it is going somewhere. It is going somewhere. Unfortunately, just from a viewing standpoint, the pacing is so off. Oh my God, it dragged so much. You have. And I don't, I don't know that, I don't think it's a fixable problem. No, I don't. That's the thing. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it's it's nobody's fault. But it's like when I was like, I was reading reviews of like Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens and like J.J. Abrams, the original script had Luke showing up in, in the second, in like the second act and like going to battle with them in the third act. And J.J. Abrams was like, the problem was once the legacy character comes back, you don't care about any of the new ones. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a, it's a, it's a good point. I think it's just, it's hard. It's, it's a hard place to be in because again, I don't, I've only seen these two episodes. I don't know where this is going. I imagine it's going somewhere really well. And the way the story ends up ending in the second episode, not ending, but where we get to at the end of the second episode with Rafi's story is amazing and yes and primes it for like that really exciting point i do wish there had been a way to like even it out just a little bit because she so she is in this like very like very pre like star wars prequel era feeling bad side of town yeah it's basically metallis prime which so actually it's named after terry metallis who was like a production assistant on star trek enterprise it was actually a planet introduced in star trek enterprise so he didn't introduce it himself they just named it after him he's like eh, let's just use that planet again <laughs> it's funny it did it felt very much like when anakin is chasing the shapeshifter oh yes right and they're yes. like in clone wars or in death sticks yeah because you hear people like yeah. offering drugs and like da 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 and people are just like unnecessarily rude and all these things and we're following doing drugs out in the, in the streets. Yeah, and do you want to buy like some death sticks? I want to go home and rethink my life. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's like aggressively like this is a bad area. Yeah, um, which was very funny to me because it felt very like it felt very like nineties Star mm-hmm. Trek. Like it did mm-hmm. feel very next gen. Like I feel, very, very I feel like this whole thing felt like it's like first contact slash like nineties Trek. Like yeah, the feeling it was, of it. It was great. Um, but so she is, it's Rafi we're following in this hood and she's like itching and it looks like she's like back to her old ways. But I was like, there's no way they would do that. Like the whole time I was like, there's no way they would do that. Yeah. So it turns out that there has been a theft from the Daystrom Institute's offsite station, Mm -hmm. which is uh, Starfleet's most like top secret lab. Like so all their most top secret stuff is in there. Um, and so there's been a theft, um, and Rafi's just basically working for Starfleet Intelligence and probably Section 31 and trying to track down where in the what in the world got stolen and mm-hmm. like like she's like thinks that there's going to be an attack and trying to just try, trying to figure out what's what's going what in the world is going on mm-hmm. um and she but she's also spiraling she's not in a good mental place she says I don't know like I don't know if the, I really hope her and Seven are still together but um, I she says my girlfriend left me, so it's possible they're not together anymore. Um, well, but she's, she's been in, undercover like, for months. Yes, in these like very places where, as an addict, that's got to be torture. Yeah, being it's around very like high that trigger. many you know drugs, that easy access to drugs, and trying to stay 
on the path, that's like that sucks. Yeah. Um, and her handler has no sympathy. No. I mean, he, the handler does have some sympathy in terms of like says, "I do want like I've seen your record." I know the situation I'm putting you in, but like it's clear she just wants some like face to face contact to like talk to somebody because she's been on her own and like she's talking to her handler on her ship through just like basically text messaging. Mm -hmm. And like the handler keeps denying her requests for a face to face meeting and just being like, find out what's going on. Like, find out what's going on. Find out what's going on. She gets this intel from this this dealer uh in the first bit mm-hmm. where she's just like she goes she buys the drugs to keep up the appearance that she doubles back as if she's just had this thought of like wanting to get information that will get her back into starfleet's good graces um and the what she gets from this guy are the words red lady and that mm-hmm. or, right red something's lady? going down with the red lady that's it yeah. That's all she gets. And so when she's talking to this handler, it's basically like, well, figure out what that is. That's yeah. your job. Figure out what it is. Nothing else matters. Yeah. And she can't figure it out. Like, like she's doing like a bunch of searches in the ship's, uh, with the ship's uh, computer. And they're like, you've already searched for this eight times. Was that in the second episode or in the first episode? That's still in the first episode. Okay. Because the first episode ends with her figuring it out. The Red Lady is a statue of right. Rachel Garrett, the captain right. of the Enterprise C, which if you watched uh, yesterday's Enterprise, which is an amazing Next Gen episode, Rachel Garrett is in that. Um, basically, and it's uh, basically she arrives at, I think it's District 7, um just and is trying to get in touch with the starfleet recruitment center and then she sees the terrorist attack happen in front of her they basically whatever this weapon is it beams up a building into like this portal and then like like releases the wreckage onto like a populated area you know what was wild about this is it almost felt because the pacing was so strange it didn't hit hard for me no it was so weird because she spends so long we spend so much time with her sort of like spiraling and trying to figure out what's going on that she gets, she has the moment where she finds it. She gets there. She's like, I need to talk to anybody. I just need to talk to anybody. And then it happens. It was so strangely anticlimactic that it was hard for me to like, I was like, did this, maybe this was a dream because it was so strange. I don't think you're wrong. The pacing was weird. Right. And because weird. we're because we're flashing back from such a high tension at the end of the exactly. episode, like the stuff that Picard and Riker is going through is so high tension that we flash back and you're just like, what? Like it's yeah. It didn't have the panic I needed it to have almost because you get all of that with Picard and Riker with like all the stuff going wrong and getting through getting out under the captain's nose and all of this. Like even just having another voice on the other end answering her in a panicked tone I think might have helped a little bit Mm -hmm. to make it feel real because I genuinely was like I I would not be surprised if this came back and it didn't actually happen yeah it was it was bizarre Um, it was it was it was a very weird pacing thing I agree with that yeah it felt like we missed something yes it felt like it feels like something got edited out yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like for time agreed Um, agreed uh that's what it felt like to me Mm -hmm. um because it did not feel like a three-act story b plot it felt like the first act is her like getting the information figuring it out and i think the the second act was supposed to be her figuring out what to do with the information but didn't feel like that no i that all felt like the a plot there was no b plot and then we got to the c plot and it's like what 
Yeah, there was something I agree missing with you. In here. It does feel like there was something, there was a scene missing. Or even just like a personal motivations thing. Yeah. Like what's going on in your personal life? Are you and Seven broken up? Maybe like a log to Seven, like a letter to Seven, even if she's not sending them because they're broken up, let's say. Like yeah. just some, some hu- you know what I mean? Like, there, yeah. yes. I, I think there was, there was something missing there. But that's, the, that is, the, the episode ends with her like watching in horror. Yeah. As like the uh, terrorist attack happens. So um, then in the second episode, Mm-hmm. We basically open with this like really great flashback scene of uh, Jack. Two weeks earlier. Two weeks <laughs> earlier where Jack is like taking supplies to a colony that – medical supplies to a colony that needs them, bribing some Fenris rangers with uh, Romulan Island weapons. Like Jack just like is- – like, <laughs> go, go ahead. Yeah. He's so rakish and I was like – like I was talking to you about it and stuff, and I was like, "Who does he remind you of?" And in my head, my head immediately went to um, '80s Carrie Elwes paired mm-hmm. with '80s Bill Pullman. He's like, you know, an adventurer, but so rakish, and like also there's some like internal stuff happening there. But that is who he is. Like this, that's who this guy is. Um, and then you were like, "No, no, no!" But in the episodes we watched within the Star Trek universe, and I was like, you "Oh, of. I don't know." And I was like, "It's an episode we've watched for uh, for the not not this se- season, but for Picard." He re- the second I saw that scene, I immediately thought of young Jean Luc Picard from Tapestry. Yes, like the very flash, much we so. watched it for season two, like him, like just rakish, like sleeping with all these women, <laughs> going on dates with all these women, like just like uh, like a like a nothing, everything bounces off of me, nothing can hurt me attitude. The Picard arrogance, which you know, still Picard has to this day, like like yep. like, um, Jack. Um, because I, I mean that's the question we kind of glossed over this, but that's the question we're all asking. They haven't Bev and Picard haven't spoke. We find out Bev and Picard haven't spoken in twenty years. Then we find out she has a son that's about twenty years old. Like, so of course, like, and then so I was like, he already looks like Picard, young, young, young Picard, Picard from Rascals, like the it's next gen episode. He already looks like young Picard from Rascals. And then this scene where he's just like, I was like, oh man, this yeah, is yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a rake with the heart of gold. Like that's exactly. Um, but, and then we come back to present day and then. Um, let's, and then, well, so this is the, where we, we come back to the three of them and, and Beverly and her pod in this ship that is. Under dire circumstances. It's falling apart, yeah. Classic Trek dire circumstances. Um, The more interesting... That was, like, fine to me. That was, like, okay, we know that's happening. The more interesting thing, I think, is with Seven and Shaw on Mm -hmm. board the Titan because Mm -hmm. Shaw is, like... Super pissed at Seven. Furious that he is in this situation, and understandably so, because now he has these two decorated starship or these two, you know, Federation officers yep. going off on some plate, which is not in Federation territory. Yep. And he is like, what am I supposed to do? Like, we cannot not- win. Like that, that yeah. ship is that ship. Like, and he's playing, we cannot win up. in a dog fight. I mean, so basically and he's basically been manipulated into this situation. Like that's the thing. Fully. I don't blame him for being no. super pissed. Like fully manipulated, which means he doesn't have the, 
all the information he needs. He doesn't yeah. have anything that he needs to make a successful call, but he does. Yeah. And so he, he, at first he's like, forget it. Like, it's not our problem. They made the choice. Let it go. Seven manipulates him into like helping because she's basically like, do you want to be known as the guy who lost Picard and Riker? Yeah. Is that Which, what you want? Or do you want well, to be I don't think hero? she manipulates him. I think she makes a persuasive argument. Because fine. She- I think it is. That is, I think, the rest of it has been manipulation. But this is, I think, she's just like, or do you want to be the hero who saved heroes? Like, what do you want for yourself? And he's like, fuck. So, he's like the Roy Kent of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> like, fuck. or Star Trek universe. Like, just like, <laughs> Fair point. He, like, so, <laughs> this other ship of these people that we don't know is, has got their tractor beam attached onto the Elias and yeah. it's a very cool shot of the Titan. Wait, wait, no, 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 wait. Oh, First, sorry, sorry, on, sorry, board sorry. The, on board the uh, the ship, Jack and, um, like, Picard's just putting up transport inhibitors because he has a feeling about what's about to happen. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. They try, try to trans- they try to beam Jack off the ship, mm-hmm. which makes it clear that what they want is Jack. Yes. They don't want Beverly. Yes. They don't want anything aboard they the ship. It's not a cargo Jack. thing. They want Jack himself. Just Jack. Which is, I th- yeah, just Jack. <laughs> which is a... Uh, which is uh, really good to know. But yes, that shot. The shot of them like, so the Titan cuts through the the um, tractor beam. That is, it's very, it's just like a really cool Star Trek yeah. shot. It's, a, it's like a, one of the coolest shots I think I've ever seen. Yeah. In, like it, it's reminiscent of that shot in the last jedi when i was just gonna silent. say that yeah yeah it, it, it's, it's that level of cool 100 like if they just like they like warp in i guess and just like cut off the tractor beam and um but basically by doing that shaw has inserted both the titan and the federation and his crew into, into this, this fight thing. that is not their fight yeah and i kind i like i felt I get bad it. his yeah. reasoning in this entire episode is sound it's yeah. the lives of the many versus the lives of the few. That is what he has to deal with. Yeah. Um, and his his first, as a captain, his first duty is to his crew. To the crew. Like, he makes an extremely compelling point yeah. to, I think, Picard and Riker and Seven, who are being ex- very frustrating. Yeah. Because they never acknowledge the point. They yeah. they just keep being like, well, we'll get there. But, like, so they, they are able, after some, like, back and forths, because you need tension, they get yeah. Jack and everybody and Picard and Riker and um, Beverly beamed onto the Titan. Yeah, so now they're all on the Titan, and the the uh, Shrike hails them. Introduce, the main villain introduces herself as Vatic, which I loved Vatic. She is very stylized, much like, like, the old, the original series yeah. villains, like very stylized, reminds me so much actually of General Chang from Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Like I expected her, he was a Klingon who like quotes Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And like when he fires them, he's like, release the dogs of war. And it's like just <laughs> very poetic, very good, which is like fitting because Vatic's uh, played by Amanda Plummer, whose father, Christopher, Christopher Plummer, Plummer, who played Chang. So like it is very understandable that, she is reminiscent of him, but like I loved Vatic. I think I love Vatic. We don't know much about her. What we do know is that not that's not a bounty hunter ship. Like a bounty hunter is not happy. It does not want to like pick a fight with the Federation. So we know there's more going on here. Um and it and and uh and um Jack makes that point as well. Like uh it's been like people after people that have been after us, like Fenris Rangers, the um so 
Basically, she tells them, Vadik tells them, you have one hour to turn Jack Crusher over to me or I'm going to mm-hmm. destroy your ship. And Liam's like, all right, let's turn him over. Like, they look him up and he has, like, a hugely long record. All petty stuff, but, like, hugely well, long. It's, it's funny because Picard and Riker are like, let's talk to him because Beverly is unconscious. And they're like, let's talk to him. Like, we'll see what's going on. And they're, like, trying to have this conversation. And then Shaw comes in and is like, mm, everything's true. Look at all the things. Look at all his aliases. Look at all the things he's wanted for. Like, this seems very clear cut to me. We yeah. don't, like, it's better for the ship. It's better for the crew. And they try to We're not to getting like, into a fight over this guy, basically. Yeah, He's not worth it. They find out, of course, that this supposed bounty hunter ship has intense weaponry. Yeah. Like, yeah. more than they've ever seen before. Yeah. And this is where I was getting frustrated. Because every time he said, like, I need to protect the lives of my crew. We are not in Federation space. And the what the law and what the rules dictate is I make the decision that is best for the health and safety of my crew. Yes. And the only thing Riker and Picard keep coming back with is how could you do this? He's a human being. He's like, they don't have any like real. No, they don't have a real. No, they don't because, because Shaw's right. He's right. Like, like they don't have like a real response to him. Um, They don't because he's right. Like this is like, they're asking, like, they are protecting some, like, anyway. Um, like, and, like, so basically, Picard's like, okay, well, look, let me go talk to him. Let me see if I can find us another way out of this. Let me see if I can figure out what Vadex are like after. And Shaw's like, fine. You have she 18 an hour. You have half of that. Like, go. Go to town. Like So Picard goes and talks to, um... Jack, and I thought this was a really nice scene um, between mm-hmm. the two of them because uh, they're just very honest and very confrontational. Like, and I, Shaw plants the seed of, is he really her son? Like, really easy to shackle yourself into the... And yeah. it's like, of course, he's a son. But, like, at least Shaw, it's a good point. Shaw doesn't know Bev and Jean-Luc the way we do. So, like, it's just like, yeah, it's a good point. It could be, so, he could be anybody. Yep. Picard goes to basically test that. Like, oh, this isn't the Beverly I know. The Beverly I know wouldn't do this. And, like, and and I feel like um, uh, Jack's response is really good because he's like, it's been 20 years, man. Yeah, like, like people not changed are you, 20 yeah, years? Yeah, and, like, it's like, it's like, think about where Picard was at the beginning of this series. Like, yeah. in his chateau, didn't even want to give an interview on, like, you know, on, about, you know, whatever. But, yeah, like, are you the same person? Who's the same person that they were 20 years ago? What's interesting to me, these are all great conversations, but I was, like, Picard, what are you doing? Like, what is the information that you're hoping to get that will be the magic bullet to get you out of the situation? Like, what is the thing? Like, the odds are set up so wildly out of their favor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was struggling with that aspect of it because I was enjoying the character stuff, but I was like, what is the plan, though? Like, what is actually the plan? There's no plan. Like, right? like I think I think that's the whole thing about this. Like episodes one and two, Picard and Riker are flailing, and like, uh, like and like and 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 at one point Picard, yeah, like it's just like there's, there's no plan. He's just he. I think Picard. My guess is he's just trying to grapple with the fact that th- he he knows that this is his son. Like right. deep down, you know he knows. Right. That's what I mean. It's a like character work. Yes, but and that's why like. like 
they have sorry they have this whole fight and then at the very end Picard's like who's your father like they have this whole fight right. that's about something but like you know it's not really about that no, it's not about finally that. asked the question at the very end but it's sort of the situation where it's like I'm having a bad day and I'm gonna make it everyone else's problem and you're like okay but like there's this moment that happens on the bridge where Shaw basically tells Seven he's like you're relieved of your post Mm-hmm. you would rather you threw away your career on loyalty to mm-hmm. these two and she gives Picard this look and he sort of like raises his eyebrows at her in a way that I was like you she deserves more than that sir mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the best he can do is when she leaves try to say she was in a really difficult position to be Who fair put her there I, to be fair to Picard, I do think that he was just trying to not make a bad situation worse by saying anything. It just felt like, and again, I'm sure all of this is going to come to fruition for something. Well, right, but isn't that one of the themes of the entire series? Picard asking people to put themselves on the line for him and the arrogance but that comes I, with that? Yes, but that's where I was getting frustrated is because this felt like a Picard who would have asked this in season one. Mm-hmm. in season two and i'm like what if what if what are but we like he learning? didn't ask it i think is the key but like he didn't he ask tried her to not do that. to he, he did not, not ask That's her to do that point. he did not confide in her i think she did it on she her pushed own for it. and and she he he told her after she'd done it he was like this is like you're in gonna you're gonna be in trouble for this yeah and like picard does keep telling will like this is a court martial like yeah i think i think I think this is like maybe a one one recurring theme in this season I feel like is the things that is loyalty and basically the thing the people that just trust Picard Mm -hmm. and will do things for him without him having to ask right and I think like that happens with Will where Will's like do you even have to ask like of course I'm coming with you yeah it's Beverly like asking him to come after you know, 20 years of not speaking like that trust. I do understand your issues. I am not negating your issues. Yeah, and I agree no, with no, you. no. What you're saying makes sense. It's just hard when you pair it with this idea of like, you don't have a plan. These people no are plan. making these choices for you and there's no safety net. There's no mm-hmm. clear idea of what you're doing. And that makes it hard to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, no. It doesn't necessarily feel like he takes ownership of it. No. In this episode at all. No. And I think he should. Um, but so, yeah, after that scene in the brig, Jack basically says, look, I will turn myself over to the strike because it will save my mother. Yeah. But like, fuck all y'all basically is what he says. Like, <laughs> uh, but I, like and, and then um, Picard well, goes his, back. His, his whole thing, he has this line where he's like, all we are trying to do is do good in a goodless and difficult universe, right? Yeah. So they're very, it feels like very Robin Hoodie. It feels like very like. Feels very be- really Beverly. Very yeah, Beverly. Ve- like doing the best they can with what they have, which is not mm-hmm. a lot, which does involve stealing. It does involve all these things so they can get the materials and the help out to people who really need it. So they're yeah. very much like that. It is, and, and it's sort of like a slap in the face of the Federation of like, what mm-hmm. are you guys doing for these people who need help? Clearly yeah. not enough. Yeah. Well, it's outside the Federation space. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. That's so, what it's like. Clearly, like, th- there is a whole. Generous Rangers are supposed to be doing that good, but clearly, as we see from that one Ranger, like, they could be very hit or miss instead yeah. of. Yeah. Um, but so Picard goes back to the bridge and 
basically him and Shaw are at an impasse. Shaw's like, like basically let him go. And Picard's like, but we can't. And he, Shaw's like, what do you want me to do? This is not a fight that we, I think like his actual lines, this is not a fight that we can win. And he's right. Yeah, That's he's absolutely so right. Because like Jack like escapes the brig and rushes and, for the, the um, transporter. Tel- yeah, the transporter. Because he's um, afraid that Picard won't turn him over. And he's yeah. like, I want to save my mother. Um, and Picard points out, like, if you have any, if you need more um, more proof that she's his mother, which, why didn't they this run the DNA test? Like, I, anyway, weird. like, it's it's Star Trek. But anyway, if you want more <laughs> proof that she's his mother, like, he's going, he's trying to turn himself in to save her. Um, but that almost, and, it, it felt like a moot point at this yeah. point, right? And, but, like, Picard, like, like, uh, like, uh, Stash, I keep wanting to call him Stashwick. Shaw is, he's like, that's fine with me, let's, and he orders the lockout on the transporter and shuttles lifted. Mm-hmm. But just then, Riker walks in with a very, like, a clearly still wounded Beverly who, like, Yeah, he's, like, still, gone and woken her up. Yeah. And, um she uh like and there's just this look and i really it was good it was good i really like this look you can definitely if you don't like it that's totally okay i really like this look because i think they said but they're such good actors they have so much history and they said a lot between the two of them without having to say anything at all i agree with you i think it was a wonderful look i think where i was laughing is because shaw says like literally the um what's her face comes back on they have like a minute left for that like, literally yeah. there's like oh, one yeah, minute no, left this was a good this was a good because so, like picard was like maybe there's another way out of this let's talk to her let's stand up yeah. to her and so they call her or like the, no she hails them and it does not go well like nope. obviously nope it doesn't go well at all and then it the call ends and shah is like great job yeah we really stood up for this awesome yes. we have one minute until um, and I think it's this point that she makes the dig at Captain Shaw that's like it's interesting like good to see you like functional or whatever yeah, where you're like, like that. there's something mm-hmm. there's something we don't know about um, this guy but so that call happens there's 60 seconds left until like presumably they literally have weaponry that's like undiscovered like they don't know what it does yeah. and they have already been hit like they took the Elios and, and like, used it as blunt force trauma against the Titan. That was so cool. They just threw a ship at them. Like, so we've yeah. seen the potential for violence. We've seen yeah. what what they can do. Their bigger ship. Shaw has told us the entire episode that they will not win the fight. Like, mm-hmm. we know that this is- We have is seen all the evidence that they will not the win the fight. All the evidence that this is bad, It's not right? just telling. It is showing. So then Riker comes in with Beverly, and they- have this extremely long look between Picard and Beverly. And I was like, you don't have time for this. You're about to get blown to smithereens. What are you doing? Well, it turns out is what they're doing is communicating that Jack is indeed (laughs) Jean-Luc Picard's son. So he says, belay that order to the lifting the locket on the transporters, transporters. And Shaw's like, what is what now? And he goes, Picard's it's my like, son. it's my son. And then like, this is the moment where I think I really started actually like genuinely liking Shaw where he's like, fuck. 
Well, that's yeah, that's what I mean. I, I, this again, this episode also the pacing felt like a little uneven mm-hmm. because they need this like tension of the time, but mm-hmm. they also need time for the emotional moments. But mm-hmm. the way they ended up lining up, where I was like, you don't, you literally don't have time for the emotional yeah. moments. Like mm-hmm. based on your timeline, you actually don't have time to be having these conversations. Yeah, you need to like decide what you're doing and just do it. Yeah, um, I agree. So like that was a little. It was it, it lost some of the emotional hit like hit points for me because I also mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think I would have liked to live in that moment where Picard says that's my son and Shaw mm-hmm. comes to terms with what that means for himself. And he, yep. But instead, it's like this. It's like that's my yep. son. Oh shit! What are we gonna do? Into the nebula. Like mm-hmm. it, it just too fast. Too fast. Yeah. I, I I totally get that. I don't think I felt that way because I'd been waiting for that moment for that realization for a long yeah. time and then Shaw just gets on board really fast which maybe uncharacteristically fast is what is a little bit of I don't I don't know I liked it I I liked the moment but I can see why you you were yeah, wish I, had I been mean, drawn out a little more it's a good moment in the sense that I was like my complaint is that I want more right the funny thing is that these episodes are a full hour long and yeah. I still want more like it is like um but so yeah so basically Shaw's like, all right, we have to fight, but we can't win in an all-out dogfight, so into the nebula. Yeah, um, Picard says it, right? Picard yeah. is like, they'll have to find us, is what he says, yeah. as they turn into the nebula and yeah. the, the ship makes to, the bounty ship makes to follow them. Right. Um, um, and then back to, like, so for this episode with the Rafi story, um, uh, she basically is, like, like spiraling after the aftermath of the terrorist attack she didn't prevent um really feeling responsible and mm-hmm. um her handler says basically they found who stole the tech um and it's some like romulan um and she's like no that guy didn't do it like no there's no way that guy do it i i, I know of that guy he didn't do it and her handler is just like disengage don't mm-hmm. don't starfleet has said that that person is responsible just like let it go and she can't let it go so she goes to she she thinks that the deal was brokered by a Ferengi uh who sold the like she thinks the deal was brokered by a Ferengi I think that's what it is and so she goes to her ex-husband who has like underworld connections and this was a really good moment and I felt bad that it came within a storyline that has been dragging because Mm -hmm. the moment between her and her husband where she is forced once again to choose between her family, her son being able to see her grandchild and, and like have a relationship mission. with them. And her mission is heartbreaking. Like as a parent, like that made me so, I felt so, and especially when you see like Michelle Hurd is so good. I feel really bad that yes. like, I'm like, oh, this drag, because she is so good in this role. She's so good. Like in this, these episodes, she's so good in the storyline. It's not, it's not, not on her at all. But like, you see her face just fall because she's like as a parent I know what decision I should be making to be a good parent but I'm gonna choose the mission every time I felt terrible it's rough it's it's really it was hard to watch and in a way that made sense like it should be hard to watch yeah um because there's so much history there not only of like mission versus family but like addict versus family right yes like yeah, because that's sort of she's in a place. I think there's also this fear from her husband of like her being in a place that will be so yes 
difficult to pass through with her history. And part of the addiction spiraling for her is the conspiracy theories, is these investigations. Like, that's how it starts with her, the spiraling. And he Mm -hmm. is like, if you are going back into this, I'm not. I can't be a part of it. Yeah, I can't. I can't put in a good word for you with our son if this is the path you're taking and that's the mm-hmm. path she takes. And I, I felt terrible. Yeah, it's rough. Um, so she is like, fine, I'll just I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes to see this. I, sorry, I laugh every time I hear Ferengi because it's yes. also like slang. It's like Hindi slang. For foreigner. For foreigner. Or for like, yeah. Yeah. So like Outsider, I, I laugh yeah. a little bit because I know it. it. And that's where it's definitely exactly where it's taken from. 100%. Like that's, yeah. Um, but so she goes to see this Ferengi and like he is like this like it's very like mob bossy, right? Like she shows up. She's bluffing her way through this interaction where she's like actually that I know – that that Romulan isn't the one who did it because he's being framed because he's my client. And we're yeah. very curious as to why he's being framed and we want it to stop. And she tries to like, you know. Bluff her way like, through yeah, it. Yeah, fully like confidence. Like con her bluff was it. really good and I think it's it would have worked. She's great at it. Except. Uh, except Sneed had already killed. He's already killed that Romulan. To Luke Lorca or something like that. Like, Whatever that guy's name uh, is. Yeah. And so now he's like. And so basically he wants her to prove she's not Starfleet. And the way he asked her to do that is by taking these like really strong drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, which will like basically I think the idea is she'll have to tell the truth once she's well, on also, them. And, so and it's like the drug that like she was addicted to yeah so she takes she does it and she's still able to like lie and he's like oh you must have been a really you must have been very addicted yeah and have a very high tolerance to be able to like you know Mm -hmm. to be able to like continue to lie oh i'm just gonna kill you now and then and then the storyline picks up the storyline picks up because like it's great right the the sneed comes for her but behind her, you see a sword burst through. Like, it's blurry because they're in the background. It's blurry and it's also, guardians. you're seeing it through her drug haze Yeah, through her bit. drug so haze. you don't really know um, what's going on. Through the chest of one of the security guards behind her. And then there's this, like, fight happening. And she's, like, sort of the, like, the Sneed is coming for her. And then I, the moment I was like, oh, my God, it's a war. Yes. I was like, this is like the reveal of who Fulcrum is yes. in Star Wars Rebels. Like, I'm in case you haven't seen it, I'm not gonna say who it is because that's not what this episode's about. But like that was that level for me of being like, yes. I screamed. Especially because like one of the things that I didn't want from this is for it to take forever for the characters. I didn't want it to be just an Avengers Assemble a moment in episode 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And the fact that they introduced Riker 10 minutes into episode one, and now we're at episode two, we're at four, you know, like, I think we're at four legacy characters. Mm-hmm. Um, three, four. Counting three. Picard, four. Counting, yeah. Um, so. No, it was it was awesome, and I just kept thinking of him in, um, on the spaceship being like, assimilate this. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it was a best. great moment. <laughs> so he's rescued and he tells her, like, I told you I not to engage. Because they, and- they literally, the message she keeps getting from the handler is disengage. 
Do and he's not the engage. handler. Like, so. disengage. And he's the handler. Um, because they are like, we know who it is. It's, you know, the Romulan, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, it's not. You're wrong. Da, da, da. And the thing is, the way he talks to her, she's like, what do you know that I don't know? Because yes. she can tell that he, that the handler knows yeah. more than they're telling her. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I guess we will find out what that is in the next episode. Yeah. Because that's how her story ends, is worth yes. rescuing her from the situation. All right. Really good first two episodes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. A lot happened. Yeah. Um, okay. What are you doing? I am doing – I'm recapping the season for Vulture. So, like, every Thursday uh, you can find my recaps over there. I'm still working on my Wired column, um, doing a little more in-depth. So, f- publishing it less frequently and doing some more, like, some more in-depth reported work instead of just, like, the opinion column – so uh, I think the first uh, installment of that should go up in March. So keep an eye out for that. And then I've got my stargazing book coming out, I think, in August. Uh, so very exciting. Yes. And pre-order link is live for that yet? No. Or no, Not right? Yet. No? Okay. Mm-hmm. So but we will keep you guys updated Absolutely. as to when that is available. And what um, I just turned in copy edits on the second Spider-Man book. So that yes. should be have more information on soon. And that and pre-order link is live, yes? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> no one tells me anything. Okay. Um, but a pre-order link that is live, we had a cover reveal yesterday for this anthology that I'm in that comes out in May called Magic Has No Borders, and it is all South Asian uh, fantasy stories edited by Samira Ahmed and Sona Chiraipotra, who has been on the show, actually, on Desi Geek Girls. Yes. And it's so... The cover is, like, incredible. It's so beautiful. The book is so good. The stories are so fun. Um, It's out May 23rd, and we'll drop a pre-order link in the show notes. Yes, we will. Um, What are you into? (laughs) The thing I wrote. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) The thing I wrote down (laughs) on our what are we into, mine says, back on my Naruto bullshit. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Because... I watched Boruto for the first time in, like, God knows how long because they did this whole, like, they animated um, this light novel that was written, I think it came out in 2019, I want to say, and then got added into the Boruto manga, and they finally animated it for the show, and it's Sasuke's story. It's all about Mm -hmm. sort of this, like, side story Sasuke goes on, but it's really both Sasuke and Sakura, and it's so Mm -hmm. sweet and, like, romantic, but also absurd. They, like, fight dinosaurs it's awesome. I watched the dinosaur fight like five times. It's so fun. <laughs> um, and then speaking of animated shows, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur just dropped on Disney+. Plus. Oh, uh, really? Think, yeah, it started on February 15th. They have the first two episodes actually on YouTube for free if you don't have Disney+. Plus. Um, highly recommend. I watched the first episode. It's such a delight. It's like so funny and like so clever in how they have integrated comics aesthetic into the into the cartoon and it's not like it's copying like into the spider-verse like i think into the spider-verse did that really well it's taking that idea of integrating the symbolism and the like action oriented aspects of like what illustration can do in comics in an mm-hmm. animated form in this really really clever way and mm. it has so much heart and the music is really good 
Um, there is a throwaway Naruto joke, which made me laugh really hard because I was like, I feel like you're talking to me today. Um, but yeah, check out the first episode. It's available. Like, it's super sweet. And I hope it does really well because it's just like, I love like Moon Girl as a character in Devil Dinosaur because they're, they're so smart and funny. So I just, I really have high hopes for it. To for I didn't even know. To, like, I had no idea. So they were, they, sure. they're advertising it, but like. I also feel like it's been in the ether for a very long time yeah. because they announced mm-hmm. it so long ago. But yeah, yeah, it finally started on February 15th. But like, check out the first episode for free. Um, So I'm still on d- playing Disney Dreamlight Valley nonstop. I really love it. So I started pl- I, like I, t- I think I talked about it last time, but like I started playing it when the early like beta or whatever first dropped and it was fun. And I was like, oh, this has potential. But like. There's not enough to do. And like, I'm not a, like, I like Disney fine, but I'm not like a huge Disney fan. So like, it wasn't like, oh my God, I will do anything to be able to like hang out with these characters. I was like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, they released a bunch of new content over the past like few months and I'm back in it. And they re- had a new content release like yesterday and it is so good. It is really, <laughs> it is exactly what I want, which is like Animal Crossing, but with more to do. That is exactly what it oh, is. that's awesome. I absolutely love it. So like, yeah, I am addicted. I'm playing it a lot and I have no regrets uh, because the PSVR 2 comes out, I think next week and oh I have it pre-ordered. God. So I will be- Playing that, and I'm sure I will talk about it on our Mm -hmm. next episode. I am looking forward to hearing more about that because... Next week, as in, like, if you are listening to this on the day it releases, because obviously we'll not listen to it the day... (laughs) You will not listen to it... God, this is way too early to be recording. You will not be listening to it before it releases... Um, so it has the PSVR has already come out. Okay, there we go. There we go. Disclaimer made. Note to self, be better about recording closer to the release date yes. of this show. Yep. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll so we are goes. part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network. You can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. That's N-O-C for nerds of color. And a huge thank you to our Patreon supporters. Thank you to Meredith, Amber, Brandy, Brian, Chris, Bria, Ruth, the Knot family, Ani, Desiree, Jason, Jordan, Gavita, Mike, Nina, Rita, and Ronnie. Uh, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash theysegeekgirls. Uh, right. Social. We're on Twitter at theysegeekgirls, and you can find me on Twitter at skrishna. Um, I am at runwithskizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S, on all social media platforms. Yes. You can also find me at swapna underscore krishna on TikTok and swapna s krishna i think it's s krishna at wandering.shop on mastodon oh my god i like can't keep i can't keep track anymore we're just everywhere just find yeah. us our, yeah our, our names are not that common no. so just find no. us yeah um and until next time we will see you in hell hell